Chapter Thirteen of Sleeping Fires by Gertrude Adderton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Nevertheless, he stayed away from her for a week. At the end of that time, he received a peremptory little note bidding him call and expound Newman's Apologia to her. She could not understand it, and she must. He smiled at the pretty imperiousness of the note so like herself for her circle had spoiled her and whatever her husband's idiosyncrasies she was certainly his petted darling he went of course and before long he was spending every afternoon in the charming room so like a french salon of the eighteenth century that the raunchous sounds of san francisco beyond the closed and curtained windows beat upon it faintly like the distant traffic of a great city masters had asked himself humorously why not and succumbed there was no other place to go except the club and mrs talbot was an indefinitely more interesting companion than men who discussed little besides their business professional or demimod engrossments it was a complete relaxation from his own driving work he was writing the entire editorial page of his newspaper the demand for his articles from eastern magazines and weekly journals were incessant which not only contributed to his pride and income but to the glory of california he was making her known for something besides gold gamblers and sierra pines but above all he was instructing and expanding a feminine but really fine mind she sat at his feet and there was no doubt in that mind both naive and gifted that his was the most remarkable intellect in the world and that from no book ever written could she learn as much he would have been more than mortal had he renounced his pedestal and he was far too humane for the cruelty of depriving her of the stimulating happiness he had brought into her lonely life there was no one man or woman to take his place nor was there any one to criticize the world was out of town they lived in the same hotel and he rarely met any one in their common corridor at first she mentioned his visits casually to her husband and howard grunted approvingly several times he took master snipe hunting in the marshes near ravenswood but he accepted his friend's attitude to his wife too much as a matter of course even to mention it to him a far better judge of men than of women langdon masters was ambition epitomized and if he wondered why such a man wasted time in any woman's salon he concluded it was because like men of any calling but his own who saw far too much of women and their infernal ailments he enjoyed a chat now and then with as charming a woman of the world as madeline if any one had suggested that langdon masters enjoyed madeline's intellect he would have told it about town as the joke of the season madeline indulged in no introspection she had suffered too much in the past not to quaff eagerly of the goblet when it was full and ask for nothing more if she paused to realize how dependent she had become on the constant society of langdon masters and that literature was now no more than the background of life she would have shrugged her shoulders gaily 
and admitted that she was having a mental flirtation and that at least was as original as became them both they were safe the code protected them he was her husband's friend and they were married what was was but in truth she never went so far as to admit that masters and the books she loved were not one and inseparable she could not imagine herself talking with him for long on any other subject save perhaps the politics of the nation which in truth rather bored her as for small talk she would as readily have thought of inflicting the almighty in her prayers nor was it often they drifted into personalities or the human problems one day however he did ask her tentatively if she did not think that divorce was justifiable in certain circumstances she merely stared at him in horror well there is your erstwhile friend sybil geary she fell in love with another man her husband was a sot she got her divorce without legal opposition and married forbes finest kind of fellow divorce is against the canons of church and society no woman should break her solemn vows no matter what her provocation look at maria groom do you think she would divorce alexander she has provocation enough you are both high church but all women are not mrs geary is a mere presbyterian and at least she is as happy as she was wretched before no woman can be happy who has lost the respect of society i thought you were bored with society yes but it is mine to have being bored is quite different from being cast out like a piranha oh and you think love a poor substitute love of course is the most wonderful thing in the world she might be talking of maternal or filial love thought masters but it must have the sanction of one's principles one's creed and one's traditions otherwise it weighs nothing in the balance you are a delectable little puritan said masters with a laugh that was not wholly mirthful i shall now read you tennyson's maud as you approve of sentiment at least tennyson will never cause the downfall of any woman but if you ever see lightning on the horizon don't read the statue and the bust with the battery thereof End of chapter 13